Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Well, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the almond cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there any time, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code Lara for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist, wonderful friend, amazing teacher, Loved by all. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. I have the same set sentiments right back at you. Aww, <laughs> I, I um, love you. Identical. So yeah. what, I think you've got one that's going to start it, don't you? Yes. This is Alicia uh, Ye, Healing Yoga Za. She's one of our lit teachers around the world in South Africa. Uh, she asked, a couple weeks ago, I was practicing a class on lit daily. After doing a neck release with the block right afterwards, getting out of the pose, I can hear around C1 and C2, there's a crunching sound, pretty loud. It's been a few weeks now. I'm not so worried about it as it is not hurting me or affecting me in any way, except for the loud sound when I rotate my neck to the left, right as well when I do shoulder rolls. What do you think might have happened, and do you think this sound will ever go away? Um uh, Sounds like that, especially in the neck, are all, can can really freak you out. Uh, but let me reassure you, that is normal. My neck makes all kinds of noises, especially when it's been like I've been at the computer all day, and then I go and I practice, and I just love it because I hear this like all these clicking and clacking and and adjusting that happens when we get our 
relaxed neck or head with gravity or using a block. I'll use a block and adjust myself. So I'm never, um, I'm not worried about that because those are natural realignment. And when that happens, there's, you know, that could be just a bone coming back into place, the joint realigning more in a what's called centrated manner. It could be uh, the some of those connective tissues gliding as you crunch around. And I can I can do it almost all the time because, um, and it definitely it definitely gets quieter after I'm in really good alignment. But there's just so much in our life where our head is slid, slid forward, even with our best intentions. So often doing those shoulder rolls, I just let my head go side to side because, again, the scapula has muscles that attach to the cervical vertebra. And when you're rolling and moving the scapula, you are gliding all that fascia that connects to the cervical vertebra, and it, and it will make noise. We are noisy. And that's not bad at all because it's very gentle. There's nothing. We have different types of ways we can adjust our joints to have better alignment. And this is a really, really non-intrusive, gentle way of doing it. But it is noisy, so I would not worry. And honestly, I would say in the last eight years, I've had more noise in my neck than I did before, and I know why, because I spend more time on my computer. And I just am balancing out so that noise doesn't mean anything alarming. It just means that I need that, I need to get it back in place, and that's, we're better aligned, and that's gonna happen. Do you have any? I mean, a thousand percent. I, yeah. I am gobsmacked by how much louder my neck is over the last two years of just being on, you know, being online more. Mm -hmm. um, I, it's funny, you know, Lauren, we'll joke, we got into physical therapy because we didn't want to be at a computer all day. And so we're lucky that our job still keeps us active, but I'm at a computer way more than I have been in my entire life. And my neck is so loud. It, it makes like the weird noises too, like almost rice crispy. -y. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, I mean, sometimes it hurts. Um, usually if I sleep on it wrong or something, um, but, and it's a lot of times for me, it's louder when it's irritated, it'll make more noises, more clicks and clacks. And then once, like you said, Laura, once I'm moving, it's much quieter. But as soon as I start sitting here for a while, kind of look down and it just, it's, it's just letting me know that, um, you know, Hey, Kristen, you, you are being more stationary. Um, and so, you know, I think, what is it? Yeah. It's just those connective tissues are a little more, um, there's a little more friction, a little more graveliness to them. But that's not a bad thing. I would rather, people will say to me, and this is funny, you know, when I was treating in the, in the clinic for people who are really stiff in their neck, and then all of a sudden they would say, it's making all this noise. It cracks and it creaks. And I'm like, that's a good thing because you weren't moving before. So, you know, sometimes that happens too. I mean, it'll be my scapula will do it out of the blue. My left scapula will just make this loud popping. Doesn't hurt, but it is like loud. I remember Greg would crack up because he could hear it through my mic and be like, whoa, you know, with his earphones on. And I'm like, can you, can you edit that out? But, <laughs> you know, and usually it would just, I'd have to sort of readjust and stabilize and, and hug in in other areas and I can get it to stop. But, you know, noises are okay. Um, noises are okay. Don't, you know, don't, don't let it worry you. I think um, that is the beauty of being a physical therapist 
Uh, I, I, we, we, we have learned, we don't fear pain. We don't fear noise. Um, and we just keep moving mm-hmm. and that's kept us healthy. So, which I think we're trying to spread that, that knowledge here on the podcast out as we educate our teachers. And I love that people still come to us with, with those questions because that's normal. You know, it's it is. Scary. And, and, and you're getting really close to the skull and that might have felt like, whoa, but that is right where, you know, again, the skull is protruding forward and getting it back in place. And I'll say like, uh, n- just to permit, promote Canuda, because I love Canuda pillows so much. When I don't sleep on my Canuda pillow, I almost have to move back and have it kind of clunk uh, my atlas. Nobody can see me doing this unless you're watching on YouTube. But I'll just go like that, and I can feel it slide back. But when I sleep on my Canuda, I barely have any of that clicking and clacking. So it also shows you that a lot of what we do overnight that we're unaware of and how we position ourselves. If you don't have a really good pillow that's actually giving you support, but also not making it feel like too rigid, um, your neck is is working a little bit and there can be some sliding, you know, these rotational or transverse sliding um, based on how you're sleeping overnight. So I would, that's the other thing I'd look at is look at how you're sleeping at night. And if you can't, you know, don't aren't in the, you know, mood to get a canuda pillow, just get something that provides some support that allows you to kind of rest into it, but that you, and, and before you fall asleep, feel like notice, is there increased tension on the top side of my neck? Or if I'm turned that way, is there any tension around the neck? Because that will stay there overnight as well. And uh, the pillow is, is a big, a big thing for the neck, especially that C1, C2. I know. We'll get I need you to one. get one. That's going to be my, I'm going to ask for that for Christmas. Well, speaking of um, cracking, that we got like a question um, DM on Instagram from Michelina. She says, hello, I have a question for Wednesday q and I've been wondering what you think about, she puts in quotes, specialists who do things like this. And so she sent me a, like a YouTube video and a, a, a Facebook video. And I'll tell you what it was in a second. She says, is this safe? And does it help in any way? What kind of method is it? So what she sent me was a video of uh, people manipulating each other's spine. So, and quite loud, neck cracks, back cracks, cervical thoracic junction, low back. Um, She says, I know enough about physiology and anatomy. And for me, it seems to be dangerous. There are a lot of videos like this on social media and it is disturbing. They do a show out of these cracks and popping sounds. And so I did write her back. I said, this is a great question. We're going to put it on um, the Q&A. But, um, you know, what I would, what I did point out to her is, okay, full disclosure, I manipulate spines. I've, I've cracked Lara's neck. I cracked mm-hmm. her back, cracked, you know, cracked her upper back. Um, what she was sending me videos of were much higher Velocity. Uh, intensity, mm-hmm. much more aggressive I practice more of what we call high velocity, but low amplitude hmm. where it's a quick, but it's not a crank, you know? So I do think what this video was very much like, pow, and oh, you know, and ah, and it's, it's, it's clickbait. You know, mm-hmm. that's why they're putting that on there. Um, I, part of me thinks they've got like a microphone right by the, right by the treatment table, making it sound louder than it is. So she's saying, is it safe? Is it dangerous? 
this can be dangerous. You know, you, you have to be sure that you are going to see someone who knows what they're doing and you don't need to crank on someone to manipulate the spine. Um, is it therapeutic? Yes. Like Laura was talking in, in the last uh, question, you know, we can get things out of whack and we need to get them back in. And sometimes it is easier to have someone else do it to you. Um, we can't quite get it on ourselves most of the time or not as effective. What it does is it's basically that, that, that sound is called cavitation. So you can imagine like when you, we always talk about it in PT school, like Tupperware, you, you know, you pop it. It's just a gas release as you're taking two joints and you're, it's a cavitation, you're distracting them. And that it's just like a pop of that joint space. Pressure is changing. And so what that does is it's kind of like a nice little reset for your nervous system. For a lot of those mechanoreceptors within the joint, they might be kind of stuck on, on, cl on clamp and you, you sort of like go reboot and they let go. However, a lot of times they will come back or there's a reason that you're tight there. So my recommendation to people is, you know, if you need to get your back cracked, by all means do it. But also look, why do you need to get your back cracked? You know, what else can you do? I have always given my clients follow-up exercises to strengthen, to stabilize, to, you know, I, I, I work with cheerleaders and these flyers are super bendy and they keep saying, I need to crack my back. I feel like I have to go into that extension. And I'm like, I'm, I'm working slowly to get into their brain. You don't, that's not what your body's telling you. It feels that way, but what your body wants is stability. So while you feel like you need to crack it, it really wants to be held because stability creates, if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm doing all this stuff with my hands, but stability creates that traction. It creates that space that laxity does not. So is spinal manipulation therapeutic? Heck yes. Should it be used in isolation? No. Should it be overly aggressive? I would argue not because it's just, you have a higher chance of injury. Um, and should it be someone who's very specialized? Yes. Laura, what else do you have to add to this? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, in particular, am very nervous about the neck. So I just, when I work with somebody, I literally am just doing tiny. So we have what's called grade one to grade five, you know, five being that very, very high force um, manipulation where you're actually manipulating something. And I like to go more into like the coaxing. And so in the neck, that's pretty much what I will do, just the coaxing. Cause it's actually, cause the muscles here are very small. They don't have a ton, even if they're very tense, they don't have a lot uh, of that, the resistance that you'll find in the T-spine. The T-spine, I love what you do. It's so great. And you're using gravity and you're using a lever and it, then it's just a tiny bit of high velocity, low, low, um, you know, strength and, and push, you know. So the... I t yes, when it's appropriate and when, you know, people are just in pain and they, so anybody that's lax should not do it. So all the cheerleaders, you're they're, they're the ones that should not do it because they don't need more things pulling on those lax or ligaments. This can be really beneficial for somebody who is very stuck 
And they just need that freedom to then better align. And that's, again, the follow-up and all that. And you mentioned the nervous system. You know, when you watch a video like the ones you were showing, I would like to see the aftermath of those people. I bet their nervous system is jacked. Because when you do that aggressive grade five manipulation, people will cry. People will, and they're crying. They don't even know why they're crying. It's like they have gone into this major fight or flight stage, and that's not what you want. So it's like, again, Goldilocks, not too much, you know, just the right amount and in the appropriate setting. And then also, as always, why are you not in alignment? Was it just a one-time thing? Somebody had a car accident. They really have tried everything and it's just not working. Very appropriate for them because it's going to help them be able to better align to then strengthen and retrain any muscles that have kind of been misaligned and not firing well. But um, yeah, go to a go to a really good person who is doing very, very gentle, gentle yeah. realignment. Like KB, but not everybody can have her, so. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Um, we got another one. This one is from one of our teachers, Iana, who we call Ariana. Because Ariana? Um, she sent this to me um, online, and she says, She's talking about the pose pyramid. And so I wanted to get this one on here because a lot of us pyramids and uh, a pose that we, that we do. And, and it's, it's an interesting pose for this reason. Well, one of many, but um, she says, I have long legs and a short torso. So she's like the opposite of me because of this. I find in some poses like pyramid, I can't keep my ribs off of my thighs without using blocks. But if I look back on videos of my practice, I do feel like my spine is neutral even without the blocks. So she says, however, I know is that we receive cues to keep the ribs away from the legs in poses like that. So she says, is it an issue that my ribs are on my thighs if I'm staying integrated in my core? And so what I like about this, if you're watching on YouTube, she sent pictures, you can really see how long her leg is, legs are. So here's the first picture of her without blocks. blocks. Mm -hmm. So she's on fingertips and look how long her legs are compared to her torso. And she's got long arms, which is nice. And then she um, sent in a picture on with the blocks on like their medium setting. And she does, she's got, she's very flexible. So she has mm -hmm. nice, uh, nice long spine. And then this is on the tallest setting. Right. So she's now yeah. got a little space between her ribs and thigh. Yeah. yeah, so I, I will answer that because I, I know what she's speaking of. And I think she's a outlier, as we call. So an outlier is someone who is not in the majority, okay? The majority of people, if we were to say, come into pyramid, you will see a lot of people kind of round their back and get, whether actually the ribs are moving away from the thigh or kind of lay down on the thigh, um, they're doing it with gravity, like flexing them or moving them. And so the controlled element of having the neutral spine with the neutral pelvis and hinging at the hip, a lot of people can do. And so it's almost giving them permission, like keep their ribs away from the thighs. Like, so that's not like your goal. Uh, but for somebody like Yana, that is okay because she's maintaining strength. She's maintaining awareness. She's very active in that. She's not collapsing over um, because once you go, a pyramid is in that position, you have all of gravity going down on your spine and then into your pelvis with just really your legs to counterbalance it. 
And so most people don't have that, that amount of opening in their posterior chain to be able to do that. And so they do kind of just collapse into their ribs and, and round their ribs in the thighs and kind of round in the back. And it's, it's a very inactive position. Well, that is going to load the posterior chain right around the crux where it comes across the bowl of the pelvis and specifically around the ischial tuberosity. So anybody with SI joint or hamstring tendinopathy pyramid, they can tell you is a is, is a buzzkill. And that's why, because it's so much demand on that front leg. And any part that is collapsing that is going to be felt in, the, in either of those two areas, the SI joint where the sacrum meets the ilium of the pelvis, and then at the ischial tuberosity, which is the attachment for the hamstrings. So she is going to be the outlier. She can do it. She, she's active in her leg. She's active in her core. She's keeping a neutral spine. And she has the kind of uh, body shape where her long legs and you know shorter torso that that can that can work beautifully for her uh, but the, I wouldn't say never put your ribs on your thighs but I don't direct people to try and get their ribs on the thighs because they'll do it in whatever way they can which is the easiest way is just to let gravity round you over so it's more the th- feeling of staying long in the spine staying active in the legs and in the core and then wherever that Wherever you end up, that's good for you, where you feel an, a uniform pull across that posterior chain. So the posterior chain is, again, from the bottom of your feet, up the back of the legs, across the buttocks, into the back, all the way up into, you know, around around the hoodie of your head. And so it's big. So uh, just keeping that really engaged core is a wonderful way to get that overall more balanced stretch. Well, and I think you know, someone like her or someone who isn't built like her, but has tight hamstrings, you know, I love blocks and pyramids. Oh, I love blocks. It just feels better. And I mean, it feels better on the hamstring, but sometimes even on the front of the hip, you know, if you're somebody who struggles with maybe a little anterior hip pinchy feeling at at times for a variety of reasons, it could be an anterior tilt, you, you know, who knows what it is, but pyramid is one of those poses that can really pyramid lizard there's a lot of them that can you know even just like a runner's lunge if people do that like you're talking Laura ribs down on the thighs a lot of times they're compressing the the hip as well I love Laura talks about with our in our training like a little grape tomato you know Mm -hmm. to have that space you want space in that front of the hip because that is a very, 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 very commonly compressed area, especially Western civilization type, Western, you know, society mm-hmm. where we're, we're sitting around. So that, that area just tends to get clogged up anyway. We aren't squatting as much. Then we try to do it and people will get a lot of compression or pelvis is anteriorly tilted, blah, blah, blah. Um, so use the blocks. Like I would look at that. I love blocks. Pelvis. Yeah. I would use blocks every time, just because of the way you're built, you've got the long legs why, what's the use of getting your fingers on the ground? You know, there are just, there are some things, there are certain poses that I have to modify because I don't have the, I have a long torso, so I can get into things a lot of other people can't because I've got this huge reach with my arms and my torso, but you know, there are other things I can't do. So I have to keep like a, um, my standing L, my leg is further back. You know, I can't get up there because otherwise I'm going to round and collapse at my spine. So, you know, 
And we, you know, Yana is the outlier in that, like you said, we know that she can go there and probably really pull up and maintain that grape tomato of space between the thigh and the, the pelvis, basically, to maintain mm. that space. But I think that's the other reason that we hesitate to ever say rest your thigh, your chest on your thighs. Um, because yeah, because, you know, again, yeah. And I the block thing, the other thing is I was just kind of conjured up this image is if you've ever gone to a restaurant and, and the, you sit down and you put, you know, put something on and it starts wobbling and you're like, okay, well, how am I going to fix this? You put like a little something underneath. Well, this is what you're doing with blocks is you're actually giving yourself more support. You're giving your core more of a chance to fire effectively. It doesn't mean that with your fingertips down or your hands down, you're not getting it. But if you can't get your hands down to really push to go against gravity, you're going to need that little something underneath your uh, your table. So it's, it doesn't feel that, that – you might not feel wobbly, but what that wobble is, it's less balance. Less balance means muscles are not coming in in a collaborative way to stabilize your spine and pelvis as best as they can. So I think we know in lit, everybody has a love of blocks and this is a great place to use them because you're actually gonna get stronger and longer. Yep. Yeah. Love our blocks, so use them. Use them. Well, as always, we love your questions. Uh, if you wanna write us, you can write us like many of you already have on Instagram. You can just direct message us. Just say in the note, hey, can you answer this on the Wednesday Q&A? If you ever want to ask a question and you want to do it anonymously, like we don't want us to mention your name, just say that as well. Like some people will have questions that they're holding inside because they just don't want anybody else to know that they're dealing with some particular issue or for whatever reason don't want their name out there. We will totally just say this person's anonymous. So write that in the direct messages. You can find me on Instagram at laura.hyman or Kristen at kbwilliams99. But you can also find us at support at lityoga.com. Same thing. Just let us know. It's for the Q&A because a lot of stuff comes in there and they send it to us and we save it on our, on our little, in our folder and we will get to you. So uh, please remember to rate and review and subscribe. That would be awesome as well because we love hearing from you and we love sharing um, our experiences and our many, many years of knowledge. Yes, you. exactly. It's always fun. Thank you. You help us grow. And as always, we're pulling we're for pulling. you.